0: Beckham saw Sullivan off his line, Oh, that is absolutely phenomenal, what an astonishing goal. That's a
1: poor clearance, Maradona with Shilton, look like handball that, Maradona celebrating and the goal's going to be given. Beckham,
2: there's an empty net, Kevin Hartman is in
1: a race to get back, Beckham is going to try it over. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can
2: football get? Hello and welcome to the 442 Insider podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to Australia's top footballing publication. This week, we've been working harder than a Premier League scout in the beach ball aisle of a $2 store, covering news on the Socceroos, the Hyundai A-League and international football. I'm Editor-in-Chief Paul Hansford, and joining me this week is publisher Andy Jackson. Hello. And Deputy Editor Trevor Trahan Hello Welcome boys Hello Nice, uh, mm, nice light podcast, just the three of us lots, yep. of, lots of stuff to talk about The original crew The original crew And uh, first up, last round of A-League action Starting off with uh, Friday night's clash Adelaide United against Sydney Sydney uh, going down to the the Reds despite the Reds only having 10 men
3: yeah
4: it was it was a weird old game it was honest games when I was watching it I sort of like thought clean through you know send off such a
3: stupid sending off they're just going to
4: cruise to, to victory and they didn't you know and it was they they still Sydney still played some nice stuff at times but just didn't whereas against Melbourne they had that cutting edge three times in whatever it was six or seven minutes they just struggled to find it um but I suppose, you know, I guess the point is that if, if those players were able to perform the way they did in that 10, 15-minute period against Melbourne, week in, week out, they wouldn't be playing in the A-League. You know, they'd be playing in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact yeah. is, is that we have a league that, you know, is, is great one minute, but inconsistent the next. And I think that game summed up the A-League. And it's great because it, it's, it's really competitive and it's really close. But, you know, I just don't think that any team is going to go on a run this season of five, six, seven undefeated games. I think everyone's mm. capable of beating everyone. But mm. disappointing they couldn't break 10 men down, isn't it, for Sydney?
3: I think they went there thinking they were going to win. As soon as they started playing 10 men, they just assumed they were going to win. And, and that, that was their problem, really. I suppose the interesting thing for, from the Adelaide point of view is that uh, they've been playing one man up front, Lloyd Owusu, and then all of a sudden they opted to play Cristiano. I realise they're playing the wrong one man up front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they put Cristiano and Lecky up front, um, you know, for this game. That Lecky, that young lad, looked really, really good as well. And um, he thought, oh, "Great, we're finally going to see." You know, Adelaide with two up front, and they went down to, to ten men. He thought well, he's never going to stick with two now, and he did. So he went from playing one person up front to playing two up front with ten men, and it just it makes such a difference, doesn't it? Really, especially with a team that's not full of goals elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and a, a quick thing on the sending off was a stupid thing to do. I mean he was clear through but he had another 10-15 yards before he even got to the edge of the box yeah. and the way he just pulled him down 8 minutes into a game that was nil-nil, I, I reckon the, the second he did it he thought why have I just done that what a stupid thing to do didn't make it easy but he did.
4: did it because it was his mistake the guy that he got caught in possession yeah. didn't it? and then it was
3: like that but he, he was he just caught up with Bridge he was just about to go around him and you know, hold him up or stop him. Like, I just can't understand why he did what he did. He even sort of, when he fell to the ground, he fell in a way. This is Barbieri that said, "What have I just done? What a stupid thing!" Yeah. And um, as Aloisi
2: opened up the door to the debate of him getting back in. I mean, the, the Bridge and uh, Broski obviously couldn't open the, the Adelaide defence, and Aloisi comes on and at least scores. Does that? You know, give him a, a little window of hope that he might get a recall or do, you th- do we think that Bridge and Brosk is the way to go now for Sydney
4: um, I think I actually think that he, that he potentially leaves, gives, gives Levitska the, op- the option of playing a four two three one. in that he could quite easily play um, and, and who would miss out be- between Corica, Bridge and Brosk I'm not sure but he could very easily play McFlynn and Mushalik as the two holding midfielders Aloisi up front with Brosk, Bridge, and uh, and Corica um, running around him, you know, or Kissel. So you probably pick three out of those four. Um, so it gives them another option, and certainly when you know if you're chasing a game, Brosk and Bridge are not the most dominant in the penalty area. So if you really need a goal and you're looking for some uh, for some balls into the box, then you would probably say Aloisi gives them something that they don't have. Yeah.
2: Moving on, Brisbane Roar, the, the maligned Brisbane Roar facing Central Coast Mariners at home, and predictable result... Mm. Or, uh, I mean, the team always seems to raise themselves when they get a
3: new manager, but this maybe was a, a hurdle too high for the Brisbane boys. I wonder what Andrew was thinking in, in the stands. He hadn't officially taken over to Monday, but he, he couldn't sort of help himself jumping in before and at half-time or what have you. Yeah, he, he certainly um, uh, picked up a few problems there and the, the Mariners managed to expose it. They just didn't have any life. I mean,
2: Brisbane are... A, you know, when you look at their team on paper and the players that they've got, they're a decent side, but they just... They just didn't have a spark, did they?
4: Yeah, I mean, um, I mean Bob Malcolm, I don't know if I, I, I'm guessing, was he injured? The worst player I've seen in the A League this year, Bob. Was Malcolm. he injured? Yeah, you know, like, I mean, he was looking at it, he was tw- 20 odd minutes, he was taken off. But I mean, his his attempt for Hutchin to, to tackle yeah. Hutchinson was just a, appalling. Whether he was playing with a knock, I don't know. You'd hope that he was, because otherwise, you need to look at that. You
2: don't often see Craig Moore berate a teammate <laughs> the way that he did
4: after that goal. He was
2: really livid with with Malcolm.
4: I mean, it looked, you know, they looked like a bit of a. They just look like a bit of a rudderless ship, you know. It's like they've got some quality there, but you know we'll we'll see whether whether uh, Mr. Postacoglu can bring it out of them. But um, he's certainly got a job on his hands. so mm. Do you think that Trev? Do you think that the
2: the result flattered Central Coast um, a little bit, or do you think that they fully deserved that many goals
3: and? Absolutely, it was their biggest ever win. I think the, the biggest win before was four two at Brisbane as well. Um, and, and Mariners have, have shown flashes of that, haven't they? you know when they beat the Gold Coast 3-0 and stuff. Mm. So yeah, but. It, It might flatter them slightly But they certainly deserve to win convincingly Fair enough. Uh, the other Saturday game was North Queensland Fury
2: against Wellington Phoenix. Now, I do recall being on the podcast last week, mm. and uh, Simon, our producer, is nodding as well. That, <laughs> that Trevor said that it was the most ironclad guaranteed draw in the history of football. Yep. What was the result, Trevor?
3: It, it was a draw. It shit was one all. I didn't say that. And what money,
2: what money did you put on it? How, much, how rich are you?
3: <laughs> I've noticed you've
2: been lording around this year. Yeah,
3: week. Um, I didn't actually put any of money. I didn't get around to doing it. I don't think Bookie's were taking odds it was so guaranteed but even, <laughs> even as uh, I was watching it going into the last 10 minutes I remembered what I'd said on the podcast and thought oh, hang on I remember saying that but even though I thought they're bound to get a goal and Fury are quite wasteful they, they probably could have won it even still when they were um, you know one down so when Fowler inevitably scored to get another draw it's six in a row for Phoenix now and- six in a row yeah, yeah. So, so so if you look what at Phoenix you- they've played ten and drawn
4: seven yeah <laughs> got a 70% draw rate that's ridiculous I, I mean I, I can't imagine that there's anyone else in a league like a uh. decent league in the world that's got that sort of draw percentage
2: yeah. but what is it about Fury there must be it must be so frustrating to be a Fury player or a fan you know, they show such great fighting spirit to get themselves back into games. I think, you know, this is, what, third or fourth time that they've been down and come back. Why can't they show that fighting spirit from the off?
4: Because they're, <laughs> they're not behind. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it, would, be, it, it would be infuriating that's yeah. uh, yeah. um,
3: uh, the idea yeah, right. I, got it, I, got it. I just feel you I don't know I think they
4: just need to I just think they need to have a little bit more confidence I think it's a sign of you know, when teams are consistently coming from behind, that like, it's almost like a sign of a lack of confidence that they need to be behind before they take chances. Mm. That you know, they're they're afraid of taking chances at nil-nil because they're afraid of making mistakes. Whereas when they're behind, it doesn't matter because what's going to happen? They're going to go further behind. So I think it's I think it comes down to confidence and just having that confidence to go out. And chase the game when you know before you're behind. I know it sounds silly, but yeah. So I think they just need to. You know, it's just training ground, confidence, and and go out and play. Just with a bit of freedom, which they've only ever done when they're behind.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm guilty of uh, probably giving up on Robbie Fowler a bit too early in the season after seeing a couple of the performances and saying that he wouldn't be sticking around for the long haul after uh, a couple of early games. But uh, all credit to him, he's you know every time he's interviewed after the game, he, he talks in terms of the team and another great goal by him, uh, you know, a really fantastic finish. He's kind of bringing that team together, isn't he? Yeah, he
3: seems to be enjoying his time there, doesn't he? And I think we were making the point of the pod a few weeks back that when he was on the bench, he seemed genuinely passionate about what his teammates were doing Mm. and stuff. So, no, I don't think he's, he's just there for the holiday. You know, he's playing well and I think he wants to be
2: there. Yeah. Great stuff. Moving on to Sunday's games, the first game on on, on our holy day was uh, Newcastle Jets against. I don't know why I said that. No idea why I said that. Who's it holy for? I I don't know. you've offended people with that. I probably have, haven't I?
4: Let's keep religion out of this pod. Don't
2: don't don't worry. We'll cut it out afterwards. It'll be seamless. It's brilliant. (laughs) That never happens when people say that, doesn't it? No. Anyway, um, Newcastle Jets against Melbourne Victory. Uh, Melbourne away from home. Great great result for them. Really, three one.
4: Yeah, it's good. good second-half performance. I think, you know, Ernie Merrick obviously gave him an absolute rocket at half-time. He took him out of view of the camera. <laughs> and so when you do that, when there's no sound, you sort of get a, a feeling that what he's saying... is. You it's, could see the camera could, shaking, though. Yeah, exactly. We? You could probably work it out of a liberal, lip reader. Yeah. Um, but it worked, you know, and they came out and, uh, and, and to be honest... Batted the Jets, I thought, in the second half. I mm. you know, that was that was a good win for Melbourne, and they needed it as well, coming off the back of that Sydney win, that Sydney defeat. So, mm. um, so that that was a real confidence boost for them. And what a strike for Melendez! Have you ever seen anyone hit yeah. a ball as hard as him? You know, I mean, and. and I mean, I'm sure Mark Bosnich said it was a goalkeeping mistake because it, it was from outside the box. But, um, <laughs> but I thought it was a great strike yeah, and, uh, yeah. and he deserved a goal to wrap it up.
3: Yeah, it was, all, it was all about Hernandez really, wasn't it? It was the match when he made it happen for them. And Thompson's goal was brilliant as well, the lob. Um, yeah. But I mean, having a match winner like Hernandez and your team, there's very few people you can sort of compare to him that, in other A-League teams.
2: I was going to say, Archie looked a little bit more relaxed. You talk, I think it was you who talked about it last week, that he just looks like he's trying a little bit too hard. In, in games, and he's, not, and he's not last week, he's Oh no, it wasn't you? It was Richie, it wasn't me? No. It? it was Richie. The, the, the I, was gonna cl- I
3: was going to claim it. You I was were going to we'll say we'll have to you know.
2: get Richie back. Yeah, time. he got a lot of fans, a lot of fan mail on that. Um, but yeah, he, he just looked like he was a bit more relaxed. He wasn't, you know, wasn't mm. trying too hard or over trying. And mm. well,
3: uh, he, he's got still got a few goals this season, Archie. Mm. I don't, yeah. It's not been a you know drought for him or necessarily bad start. I just got so accustomed for him scoring, you know, so many goals. But yeah, the, they were just so free flowing and um, don't use any. Old game of two halves cliches, but just a completely different Melbourne. It was a game of two halves.
4: The other, the other lad that looked very promising, who came on in the second half, was that Dugansit. Matti looked a really, uh, yeah. really promising find. From looking forward to seeing a bit more of him.
2: Excellent And the final game Gold Coast United Against Perth Glory The top of the table clash Of last week Ended up with uh, Gold Coast Taking the points With uh, a Shane Smeltz goal uh, Pretty early Into the second half Uh,
3: Mm. Smeltz looked a bit bit Off colour as well Actually He didn't um been travelling a bit with New Zealand and stuff, and it wasn't his best game. But Gold Coast were lucky in that fixture. I mean, deflected own goal for the first, hour. and then obviously Yelich um, grabbed a, a perfectly onside goal um, for Perth as well. So mm. again, Gold Coast not convincing. Is it that hard though?
4: I oh, you know it's a tough week. You know, like it was a week ago.
3: Yeah, we well, just before he definitely when looked... he
4: played in the Middle East. It was like I wouldn't mind that sort of job. <laughs> you know, work, work for a couple of hours in the Middle East, yeah. get on a
3: plane. Week later, so I'll ask you to do another couple of hours. I'll be like, I think it's too late for you though, it, to break you know, through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think
4: it probably is as well. Yeah. But,
3: I, but I was there thinking, does it take that much
4: out of you? You know that, that it affects you a week later. Well, I did that trip over to
2: Perth, funnily enough, oh, um, but. It really, you know, it's such a long trip. You know, even just going from Perth, and you know, they talk about how the the travel for the teams going over there it's a big deal, and the, you know, there's a time difference as well. I mean, the last thing I'd want to do, even if I was going on holiday to Thailand, would be getting off a plane and playing a game of football the next day on holiday. Imagine doing that on holiday. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that's all they're there to do, isn't it? That's yeah. you know, kick, you know, not just kick a ball around. But yeah, i I, I'm, I reckon it must be pretty tough. Any other uh, thoughts on that, on that game there before we wind it up?
4: Awful, awful crowd again. Mm. You know, yes. I, it's, I, mean, I said it in my blog to the, yesterday or today that, you know, it is, you know, and I know I keep on about this, but when the leading team and probably the most star-spangled team can't draw 5,000 at home, you know, there's something wrong, and I know we'll talk about. You should you should form some opinions about
3: crowds, and we should <laughs> maybe talk about it at some point. On the, uh, I've uh, actually I've actually got some crowd stats for the news segment. Uh, uh, some percentages. Yeah, I know up we're going to cover it out. in a
4: bit, so I'll, uh, yeah. I'll hold five minutes. But I thought Gold Coast still looked a bit scrappy. They still didn't look at. They've not really bar the first three or four games where they looked like you know world beaters. Um, They've sort of been a bit scrappy ever since. And and I don't know what, you know, I'd, you look at someone like Jason Kalini, I sort of think, is he walking out there now thinking, is this as good as it gets? You know, four and a half thousand, we're top of the league, yeah, and yeah. it's got to affect your motivation as a player. You know, someone who's come back, taken a lot of stick for coming back, and I'm sure there's a few people going, look, told you so. You know, you're top of the league and there's four and a half thousand there. So mm. it's, yeah, it's disappointing. Trevor.
3: Oh, there was no question, uh, you just looked at me.
2: No, I know, it's good radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the time we got for in that segment. Thanks very much, lads. That was the roundup of the last league of the A-League, the last round of the A-League, should I say. Um, but join us after the break, where we'll be looking at back at all the week's news from our website, au.442.com.
0: The Roos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg. Just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos' base. Head to www ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast.
1: Score a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know-it-all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final the winner and a guest will stay in a four star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seats at the big game this prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the Grand Final each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union Movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the the ads on the 442 website. Back to 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get?
2: Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. Now we're going to have a chat with the lads Andy and Trevor about all the big news stories in the week from our website au.442.com. And carrying on from what we were talking about at the end of the last segment was uh, the crowds at Gold Coast United. And uh, even CEO Clive Mensink has come out to say that he's at a loss to explain the new franchise's surprisingly low crowds this season. And one quote that piqued my interest was... uh, where Clive said, maybe we need to do our own little study to find out from a fans or football-loving <laughs> perspective why they don't want to watch Gold Coast. Well, it would be a, it would be a little study with their
4: fan base. Yeah, but it?
2: wouldn't that be kind of something that they would have done you would have or you would have, so, have thought
4: maybe. they would have done before they even started the you team? You would have hoped. I mean, you know, when he talks about um, can't they be bothered, isn't the game a draw card or is parking at the stadium an issue? You know, those are the sort of things that they should have been asking Basic. a year ago you know yeah. and dealing with them you know and finding out what the price point was for that market you know and everything that we see on the forums says that okay they've, they've, they've made a concession with the kids for a, for five bucks but the, the adults have still got to pay
2: and the adults have know, still got to take the kids just, pay
4: they? the most some of the most expensive prices in the league mm. you know and um and he, it just seems to me that they 're crying out for for more concession in terms of the price point. The price point seems to be wrong you know they're a new new sporting team there, and they 're pricing themselves out of the market you know? do, do you think they 've been caught on the hot by? miscalculating
3: the number of people they thought were going to migrate from the Raw to Gold Coast? They said 1,500 was their original plan that they, f- they felt were travelling to Brisbane. If you know I mean, some not all might want to support the Gold Coast. I might be happy to just carry on. Well, I've been supporting the, the Raw for the past four seasons. I'm going to carry on doing it. But in terms of that crowd figure, if you look at A-League teams and their sort of, um, you know, population conversion rate, if, if you know what I mean, there's only there's less than half a million people on the Gold Coast. Hmm. And, You know they've got an average of of five thousand there, five thousand six hundred of them. You think of Sydney, they've got four point four million people here, and they're getting twelve thousand. So I mean, if if the the conversion rate, if you want to hear, is one point one three percent. Is this a statue in the Gold Coast? Yeah, this is good. And Sydney, it's only naught point two seven percent. But
4: then you look at something like Townsville. Well, that, they're actually doing really well getting 6, 7,000 because there's, what, 180, 200,000 people
2: in That towns. would be 4.7%, Trevor? Oh, this, this is all pretty well, close. who well, have
3: got um, 162,000 people there yeah. and they got um, 6,745 fans in for the Adelaide game. So wow. that's a 4.1% conversion oh, wasn't rate. Wasn't that far out? For the area. And I think that's really, really good, yeah. you know. Thanks for joining us on Stats <laughs> Today. <laughs> so I, I'm going to say that I don't think the Gold Coast um, figures... That bad really. Any mathematics <laughs> departments from universities who want to sponsor a
2: segment
4: of will right, get, get off mathematics and of mining. Like I the think of the of the issues here, and I was chatting to someone in the industry yesterday about this. Mining industry or football no, 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 industry? Football industry. Okay. And he was saying and we were discussing that the fact that, you know, Clive Palmer, yes, he is Australia's richest man, but he's made his money by digging holes in the ground. He's not in a service industry. He's not made his money by creating a, a consumer and, mm. and satisfying a consumer and, and listening to public demand and pricing and product right he's he's made his money by natural finding national natural resources mining them and selling them to the chinese you know very different you know and he's bought people from that background and now they're in a market where you know the customer is right and the customer will will vote with their feet and they are you know and it's whether he's got the people in place to to deal with that and the fact that they're talking about Issues like is parking an issue and, and whatever after five or six home games tells you that that they didn't think about these things before and now they are, they are they're they being caught a bit on the hop and they're trying to do things on the fly and trying to be too reactive and you know and they're saying you know he says there we tried five dollars tickets for children that didn't seem to work well it, you've done it once you've done it for one game you know it's going to take more than that to get the crowds back and and then and, and then that makes me think well if if they've not done that basic stuff what else didn't they do mm. you know, what are they doing at grassroots level there are, you know, what are they doing to build Jason Kalina's profile on the Gold Coast you know, because there are a lot of people that, that won't know who he is he's not, he's not a household name like a Harry Kuhl so there's a job to do there you know? and, and they're, the fact that they're not, they don't seem to have done those basics makes me wonder whether they've done some of the other bits as well that, that go into making that club
3: well the thing is that all their marketing and membership guys are the raw guys aren't they most of them you know, a lot of them transferred over so, mm. you know, you're right in saying that um, they're in the same offices and stuff and they have got, you know, some of those mining executives to sort of come across, but they have got football people in there as well that should be able to, to build up a good enough fan base. Yeah, well, it's uh, interesting
2: questions. I'm sure we'll come back to uh, nearer the end of the season, see how it's gone, and hopefully we'll get some more stats uh, every week, hopefully, from Trevor on... Uh, Pretty much every week at pop- the moment, yeah. uh, Population uh, conversion, I think you called it, turned <laughs> a new phrase. Well, um, another news story coming out this week... Uh, Mr. Frank Lowy making a, a speech at a Melbourne Victory business luncheon. And uh, he again was talking about the uh, second tier of Australian football, how it's essential we have uh, relegation and promotion to be taken seriously. He said some people might have suggested that this might be growing the league too quickly. I accept that there is a risk and I know better than anyone else how fragile some of our existing A-League clubs are. But we could not continue forever with an eight-team competition and be taken seriously
3: in world football. It's, a, it's an interesting mm. conundrum. What does he know, eh? <laughs> What's he ever done for us? Um, it is an interesting point. I, I suppose when I read it, I thought when he said in the future, I'd be keen to know how far in the future he thinks that because if we're talking short term... Until we either get the World Cup or not. Yeah. It's yeah. basically what this is all about, I, think. I I don't think in the next 10 years it's a particularly good idea. In fact, you know, if we're talking about right now, I think it's a bad idea. Um, I don't think it's part of the a lot of Aussie sports fans mentality to be interested in this kind of bottom of the table battling there's a there's a want to win and win grand finals and i don't think a, a team in a relegation battle would bring you know if we're talking about getting the crowds up and getting the standard of football up right i don't think it would pull in the crowds your team being in a re- relegation scrap and i'll tell you what it certainly won't bring up the quality of football because if you're you know battling for your life to stay in that league i've seen some of the you know ugliest football at west ham the mm. many relegation battles we've been in so uh, in the short term it's, it's it's not a good idea i don't think
4: I think part of the, the, I think everything that, that we see coming out of um, out of Frank Lowy and, and the, the bigger picture from the FFA at the moment is always to do with the World Cup bid. This isn't to do with the A League. This is about showing to FIFA and the Executive Committee that the game is growing here and the World Cup is a catalyst for further growth. And it's and it's also a competitive position against America in that the MLS is still a one-seat, you know, one-division competition. So he'd be looking at, you know, if, if there were if the A-League had eight viable teams and but wasn't growing, FIFA would say, "Well, hang on a minute. It's been going for five years, six years, seven years, and, and you're trying to persuade us." that there's more growth potential in the game. Why has not it grown yet? So he's out there showing this vision of 14 teams, second tier. So is it just hot air? Is it, is it ju- is it, no, it just- because, because I genuinely think that if they did win the World Cup, then this, it would be a major catalyst towards a, a, a bigger growth in the game. But I think, he's as he says, he's also aware of the fact that there are 10 teams that are, that are still struggling to be financially viable as it is. Mm. But they have to have that, that vision and that big picture... To, to convince the 24 people that are going to decide whether the World Cup comes. I think if they don't get the World Cup next December, then I think that the whole plan would be rethought. One thing that until they until then, are... I think we're going to see more and more and more of this.
2: Mm. One thing that they are doing, though, is obviously bringing in another Sydney and a Melbourne team uh, into the competition. And talks about the, the derbies and how they hold a special place in football. Do we, do we think it translates as well over here? I mean, do we, do we think that the, the kind of furore and fuss and the... Yeah, I, I don't think in, it does. I
4: don't think it does, because I, in, in Australia, it seems to me that generally the derbies are at state level. It's Queensland versus New South Wales. If you look at it, there's, there's sort of... What, there's, there's Melbourne derbies in the AFL every week and NRL derbies between Sydney-based teams every week. And there are certain teams that have that those sort of rivalries but I don't, I don't think you can try and recreate like the Manchester derby or the Liverpool derby something that's 130 odd years old or whatever um, but no doubt about it it, it adds an extra edge uh, but it will take time you know I mean what's going to you know you can't create a derby with, with like let's say when Melbourne Heart come in and, and there's a lot of fans that might migrate to that that used to support victory you're not going to you're not going to get that derby sort of feel from that no maybe in 30 years 40 years when they've got their own identity and, and the clubs and the fans have built their own identity around the club
3: but we're still 5 years old. Are you going to get get excited about a Sydney FC Western Sydney? No. Derby? Not really not though kind of agree with what Andy's saying. Now, I don't think there's going to be that big, you know, inner city rivalry. It is the states and that sort of Melbourne-Sydney rivalry that is a really, really good one. Was kind of, you know, instantly there for us, and it didn't need to be built up because it's been built up, you know, for years between the two cities anyway. And it's going to take, you know, such a long while for for inner city derbies to, to really sort of um, take off. But the FFA have always insisted that this is long term, you know, very, very long term, mm-hmm. and you know, plans like this will be thankful for in 20, 30 years, and well, hopefully that that'll be. The the case.
4: I can sort of see the Sydney one developing probably quicker than the, the Melbourne one, because there's more of a geographical sort of delineation between yeah. the Western Sydney and Sydney FC, um, and there's probably quite a lot of people in Western Sydney that haven't signed up for Sydney FC and haven't been to a Sydney FC, who are now see Western Sydney as their club, the club they've not had so far. Yeah. I'm not convinced in Melbourne that, that there's that amount of people that, that haven't followed Melbourne victory in some way, shape or form whether they've been to every game or or passing games but we'll see
2: Final story Uh, Two Socceroo legends warning Australian fans to maybe lower their expectations of the Socceroos at the 2010 World Cup finals Uh, Kevin Muscat and John Cosmina who announced on Tuesday that they'll be travelling over with the Green and Gold Army to South Africa next year on the uh, tour to the World Cup it should be good and uh, Kevin Muscat has said you can say every team there will be good so it shouldn't make too much of a difference who we get but right now where we sit at the moment you'd like to think that we'll progress to the next round but in all honesty the team the way it's been performing has not been travelling that great so let's wait for the draw and see how we go I think it's a pretty uh, sensible statement from, from Muskie there mm-hmm. I mean the draw is going to be the key isn't it it's
3: what it's all about yeah I think we can set our expectations once we know what that draw is we end up with you know South Africa and Honduras or something in our group and your fancies to make through we end up with Brazil and England who understand won't be um then I, th- I think you'd just do well to, to battle your way out of that group. So, yeah, I'd, I don't think there's any point in making, you know, too, too bold an expectations. Now getting out of the group I think the the obvious one.
4: Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think there's, there's been probably too much talk coming out of, sort of some of the players as well. You know, you'd think that they would learn from Asian Cup time, you know, it's like looking to go better than last time. It's like, well, yeah, I can understand that because you always want to do better than you did the, the last time he did it, but I do think that in the public's consciousness, that might be creating too much of an expectation because you know, the, Australia getting out of the group at the next World Cup will be just as big an achievement as it was last time, you know. And, and I do think people wear a bit of sort of you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if you actually look at it. They were six minutes from pretty much going out of the World Cup in game one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they lost that opening game to Japan and lost to Brazil. Game over. They were what eleven minutes from going out against Croatia. You know, they won one game. You know, and I think people forget that it's like you know, are we going to get to the quarterfinals this time it's like well hang on a minute you've got to have those amazing six minute periods again all that goal when you really needed it ten minutes from time against Croatia so mm. I, th- I think I, I, I agree with everything they said and I think, I think the danger is that we are getting a bit too carried away with with oh you know, we're going there to, to, to win it or we're going there to get to the quarterfinals or semi finals so
2: been an interesting twosome on a on a tour over to South Africa. I'm sure there's gonna there's not going to be much fence sitting with those two. Uh,
3: they, when they're they're two good characters, haven't they? Yeah, Probably and, and more friendly I than, feel it'd than the than would be quite laugh. would
4: quite laugh to get on the beach with them and get yeah. few stories. And d- and,
3: d- uh, despite the perception of them, they are both really good guys, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, looking forward to
2: uh, going on that trip. I think so. Um, that's all we've got time for in this segment but coming up after the break we're going to be giving the Premier League a once over with a bit of a roundup. so join us then.
0: The Socceroos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg. Just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast.
1: Score a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know-it-all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize, a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seats at the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the Grand Final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union Movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. Back to 442 Insider. Brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get?
2: Welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. We're in the second half now. And now we're going to go back to a topic that uh, we haven't touched on for a few weeks in the podcast. Uh, the English Premier League. I'm going to devote a section to uh, some of the news and what's happening over there. Probably the most popular league um, after the A-League in, uh, in, in Australia. The w- in the world. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, after the A-League, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and first up, I suppose, the big story would be uh, Liverpool's demise, the uh, fantastic beach ball goal <laughs> that happened last week, which did lead me to a uh, funny joke, which I would like you to uh, just take in now what have Trevor Trahan and Darren Bent got in common both have enjoyed the benefits of scoring with inflatable products
4: (laughs) did
3: you make
2: that yourself or did you get a joke I I made that up in the shower a couple of days ago do you you like that one
3: yeah it's pretty good it's not bad is it yeah Yeah, anyway so moving on
2: um, from my stand up career freestyle comedy (laughs) Uh, Liverpool are plummeting Probably like one of my other jokes, but um, they're, they're down to, what, eighth spot now? Well out of uh, the top four. Is it, Do you think they're going to break back into it, or is this the end of
4: Liverpool? <sighs> I mean, I, I think they're in trouble. I really do. I, they don't really strike me as a side that's got much to call on. Um, Two men, basically. Yeah, they? you know, and you take Gerrard and, and Torres out of there. Up front, they're so desperate. You know, and we look I was listening to talking about the fact that, that Benitez sort of like has to buy ready made players. He doesn't bring any players on. And I was actually thinking about that and you look at the players that he's bought, and could you name a player who's got better since going to Liverpool? Mm. You know, Torres was a great player when he went there. Yeah. Gerard was a great player when Benitez went there. You know, you look at someone like Ryan Babel, has Ryan Babel developed as a footballer since being at Liverpool? probably not, you'd probably say he's gone backwards, yeah. you know, and, sell, you know, bringing in Keane, selling Keane, you know, selling Crouch, you know, what have they got, v- Vohan in, if Torres is out, you know, he's sort of shoehorned into a right side of midfield, but, you know, you just think that, you compare that with the strike power that Chelsea have got, Man United have got, you know, even Spurs and Arsenal have got, you know, yeah. and it's, I don't think they. I don't think they've got the the, the, the depth um, to compete when they haven't got Gerard and Torres. Do you think they
2: can
3: make it back into the top four by the end of the season, Trev? I think City's the biggest threat, aren't they? You know they're travelling quite well. Tottenham are up in third, but I'm, I'm sure they'll slip down to mid table at some point soon. Um, I think Liverpool's still got enough to certainly be top five. I don't think it's going to be a, com- a complete disaster. But at the moment, they're looking at being out of the Champions League, you know, through the group stages and not qualifying for next year. And a club that you know kind of relies on Champions League football every season and, and the money that it brings in um, can't afford to do that. Trev, you mentioned a uh, uh, city as a team that could possibly break into the top four. There's a,
2: a few teams knocking on the door with a, a game in hand, and one of those teams, Aston Villa. Andy, there uh, we are.
4: And and tell us, talk us through talk us through the weekend, Andy. Okay, the weekend was obviously Villa beating Chelsea at home, um, and I think I, I do think Ancelotti. Did us a little bit of a disservice where he said, Oh, we switched off for two two set pieces and that's what cost us the game. It was a little bit more than that. I mean, it could have been five all. You know, Chelsea had a, created a few clear-cut opportunities in the second half, but each time they just seemed to hit it straight at Brad Friedel. It didn't really have to move, and I'm sure he would say that's, that's his positioning. But you know, it was a bit more than that, and Villa certainly had more chances than just two set-pieces. Um, and you look at that, and you think at the other places that Chelsea are going to have to go, like Stoke, like Burnley, like Blackburn, who would arguably put them under more pressure from set-pieces than Villa do, and you've got to think that they're probably going to drop more points on the road especially so from a villa perspective and the, the main thing that o'neill sorted out is the defense you know he bought albeit late he bought really well you know james collins Trevor, we spoke about it mm. revelation for the villa ball playing center back goal scoring i love him he's become a cult hero <laughs> the villa.
3: let's wait for the howlers richard to come dunn in. yeah but we we got rid of that night
4: we've you know we used to we used to uh, defend we Howard too. So incidentally, but our own goal for Bolton was another. Club. I thought that's what we're missing. Um, Stephen Warnock for for the first time in I think three seasons, we've actually got a, a natural left back playing in his position. You know, we had Luke Young who we then played at left back. So the defence looks solid, and up front, Agbonlahor, Carew always look like causing a problem. I don't, I can't see us finishing the top four, but fifth and sixth again, I'd say.
3: Yeah. Yeah. so uh, who's the winner 1 minute 44 seconds I win disappointing
2: (laughs) (laughs) have a listen to something we taped a little bit earlier Andy you'll you'll get this when we say it welcome to a brand new extra section of the podcast where we play a very quick game of over under we're going to predict ahead of time uh, how many minutes Andy Jackson will speak about Aston Villa's victory over Chelsea over under 2 minutes Trevor
3: I'm going to say under I think he'll wrap it up Only just Probably one minute fifty
2: Okay I'm definitely Going to go over I reckon he's probably Going to go For easily three minutes If not more We'll see Um, Well we will see We already know Don't we (laughs) We already know If When this is being played But we don't know now No That's why we're predicting it Exactly Okay This will make sense When we hear it back On the podcast Yep Okay. well there you go oh, the lens so you two
4: go to we, we, we had to go into the toilet and, <laughs> <laughs> so you we can see it is to, so because that's the only place that sounds more echoey than it is yeah <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much so
3: uh, back to the football so what did you have on it anyway what have I won you no nothing pride yeah. which you I mean was, desperate need I was of smart. I mean I could have spoken for 30 minutes I know. But I, was, yeah. I was railing myself
4: back in
2: <laughs> so going back to that top four we, uh, we kind of uh, agreed that Liverpool won't make it but we reckon City are the team to probably push it the most?
4: Yeah, I think so.
3: I don't think Liverpool are completely out of it. They lost a couple of games, lost their first two games this season, didn't they? And then went on a bit of a run, five, six on the trot or something. Yeah. So, you know, let's not completely discount them now because um, if they can keep Torres and Gerrard fit, they're, they're still a very, very good side. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, City perhaps won't be used to, to that sort of spiky end of the season if they can hold on to it. So, no, it's not guaranteed yet, but, you know, if I was probably say C
2: and having a look at the bottom of the table you're a beloved hammers one place off the bottom but we were talking off air earlier about how basically how crap the Premier League is this year isn't there from when you look from kind of eight, eight downwards um you know there's no one really inspiring Mm. or you think you know going to give you that much trouble.
3: Well this is a discussion that you know we have every single season with West Ham is that there's got to be three teams worse than us this season surely (laughs) please and I think you know Burnley, Blackburn, Wigan, Bolton slightly better but Wolves, Birmingham Hull, Portsmouth I think West Ham are better than those teams Um, and I've seen them play worse I've seen them play worse than what they're playing at the moment Um, so I think they'll get themselves out of trouble. Um, We've got Arsenal this week so that's good that'll help easy game uh, yeah so five points from eight games isn't a great start. got a game in hand against Villa though so
4: <laughs> guaranteed three points. Yeah. yeah I reckon that'll take uh, us up to third
3: if we were predicting right now
2: who the three teams were that were going to go down who are we who are we saying
4: uh, Portsmouth
3: uh, Hull and Wolves mm, I think Portsmouth are going to get out of it yeah um, my mate Paul Hart your Premier League manager Premier, mate. Premier League mate yeah who yeah. obviously used to coach um harry at, at leeds i think i think they'll get out of it um i know they've been absolutely dreadful one of the worst starts ever um but they they had a massive change of of the amount of players that they had there basically a whole new team really i think it'll take them a little time to to settle and when they played everton they absolutely hammered them and still managed to lose but um yeah i think um portsmouth will be all right West Ham will obviously be all right Hull hopefully a go down and uh <laughs> birmingham and wolves
2: I'm gonna stick my neck out and say I think Sunderland are going down. No. (laughs) Seventh. They're seventh now, but Darren Bent will revert back to form. No, all Darren Bent needed
4: was a little bit of an arm around a shoulder rather than being told that his coach's missus could do a better job. I feel you know, I I hate Steve Bruce. I I really hate Steve Bruce. Because I hate him because he when in the first season of the Premier League when Villa finished runners-up to Man United, which could have changed the whole course of history as a Villa fan, he scored two goals in, not, in about 18 or 19 minutes of injury time at Old Trafford. Because, like, the six, seven minutes is nothing new. We were 1-0 up going into injury time, and he scored two headers in injury time to beat us and that was when they went top of the league and we didn't get back into it mm. we'd have finished top then so completely I, unbiased uh, yeah and he also went on and like managed him. Birmingham City so he's never going to be on my Christmas no, card no. list
3: I, I hate him for a different reason actually when he was at Birmingham and West Ham were playing him on the last day of the season we had to beat Birmingham to stay up he said I really hope we send West Ham down today because we stopped Manu winning the title 10 years previously." Oh, yeah. you, you remember that Dorsal so I've hated him well he looks since, like so. an elephant so it makes sense he's got a long memory of <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Well, I, hate, <laughs> I, hate, I, hate, I hate Martin O'Neill, so you know.
2: The thing is, I was going to put
4: a caveat on it. Yeah. Even though I hate him, you have got to say that he did a very good job at Wigan, yeah. and he's doing a very good job at Sunderland. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think
3: they'll be anywhere near relegation. All right, that's, just, that's... just a name drop on your behalf Martin O'Neill had a go at you once, didn't he? Didn't he pull you into That's why I don't like him. Why? <laughs> he walked into his office. <laughs> And,
2: berate, and berated me like a schoolchild. For what? Because I went up to interview Frank Sinclair at Leicester
3: City. Weren't you doing what's inside went, Frank Sinclair's car? What's inside car? Frank
2: Sinclair's car. He'd got banned from driving, <laughs> so he had a driver who was an ex-Chelsea trainee who didn't make it to the team but was friends with Frank Sinclair. So Frank employed him as a driver after he got banned for driving. And we went up there to do a, a feature for Shoot magazine where we had to look around his car. And because Martin O'Neill didn't hear about it, I got summoned into the headmaster 's office, and he barely looked at me. He was on the phone and put the phone down and looked at me and He you know just had a real go at me and I felt like I was a school kid again, like there was like a real kind of talking down to me, and uh, you 're never coming to do an interview again if you, unless you speak to me, everything in this club goes through me and uh, Mm. It was like being in a meeting with you, Andy, every year, <laughs> so, you know, no, you, where you go over, yeah, where you go over my KPIs. <laughs> I've only ever felt that once after, so uh, yeah. So I don't like Martin O'Neill So, uh, well, there we go. That's um, uh, a trip That's down a memory belief. lane. There you go. Uh, that's the Premier League round-up for you. So That's why we don't do it very often. I was going to yeah, say...
3: so much hatred. <laughs> really.
2: You can probably tell why we don't do that very much. Um, join us after the break. We'll be previewing all of the next round's game. I believe it's round 12. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, so join us after that.
0: The Socceroos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg. Just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast.
1: Score a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know-it-all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize, a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seats at the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the Grand Final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union Movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. Back to 442 Insider brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get?
2: Hello, and welcome back to the 442 insider podcast we're into the home stretch now, and uh, no gimmicks, no reminiscing, no tape recorded <laughs> messages or anything. This is straight up football and we're going to have a look at round 12 Friday Newcastle Jets against Central Coast Mariner, the road that F3. links the two towns they call it yeah. Um, I hate
3: the F3 derby It is really boring do, There's something about it They always build up yeah, In the F3 derby I don't feel like There's much rivalry there And they're rarely good games but I think if you're, from, if you're from The area It's probably uh, mm, It's perhaps. probably worth It'd be 1-0 to someone 1-0 Jets
2: I reckon yeah? yeah And are you probably Going to give us A little bit more insight than yeah, I've no. lost interest <laughs> In it
4: already yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go The other way I think the Mariners Will go there and win I think the Jets Have got a bit of a I don't know, I just feel like they're, they're, they're playing like they're expecting to play well and lose. And I just, I don't know, I think, I think they're missing Lubo, definitely. I think they need him back. Um, although Michael Bridges looked as if he was starting to sort of get into it. I think he'll probably be the key for them if they can get him. They, they just seem to lack a figurehead in attack. They, they look a bit lightweight around the sort of final third. So I think Bridges might handle that. But I think the Mariners would come off the back of last week. Um feeling very strong and I, you know they're, they're, they're still there they're about to Mariners they're one win off second so um, they've got everything to play for so I, I, I think they'll go there I don't think there'll be many goals I agree with Trev I'd probably say 1-0 Mariners
2: I neglected to mention that this round features uh, every single clash is a team in the bottom half against a team in the top half. Ooh, so this could uh, it could see a, so it a complete could be a change, bit yeah, of the a tightening or uh, or a or widening. Pulling away. Yes,
4: I think peloton style. Yes,
2: yeah. peloton to use a uh, darts <laughs> analogy. Um, Going on to Saturday, the early game, Melbourne victory against Adelaide United. Now that um, is, a, is not necessarily a derby derby, but a lot it's, of feeling it's there, the actually. most heat, I think it's the most heated rivalry in the A-League. Yeah, I, I don't mean to be
3: miserable, I'm sick of this game too. They're always really? seen, Yeah, they've just played each other so many times and it just reminded me of, of last season when they, they played each other 55 times or whatever it was. Um, I, I think in ways, again, there. But yeah, the, there is a rivalry there. It's one of those ones that's been built up with clashes in big games, isn't it, as opposed yeah. To, you know, well, j- I think it sort of
4: went back to that Cosmina Muscat throat mm, yeah. that was probably where the feeling took on an extra bit of sort of bite around it yeah. you know? because I think up until that point the big rivalry had been Melbourne Sydney mm. for Melbourne fan, and I think during that second season when that happened that was when the Melbourne, Adelaide, and then they ended up facing each other in the semis and the grand final. That that just sort of cemented it. Yeah. So th- they're
3: on the uh, the tour together. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so they're over yeah. the uh, the neck grabbing. Well, the funny, the ironic
2: thing is, is they're actually relatively good friends mm. from, what I, from what I've heard they mm. do
4: actually get on So I think that just sums both of them up is that as good a mate don't be with someone once they cross that white line yeah. then all better are off and all friendships are off and in the heat of the moment you grab anyone by the throat which I quite like yeah Come that's on. what you want but it seems as though you know that
2: five as you said that season season two is when it all went off the five nil when Melbourne killed them and destroyed their dreams in that final and six-nil. then six nil six nil yeah sorry Christian yeah Christian. Uh, M- missed <laughs> your goal, um, and uh, and then I think opposite that you, Adelaide's success in the Asian Champions League at a time when Melbourne was seen as the best team in the league kind of uh, has really uh, knocked that one off. So you said uh, uh, a Melbourne win, Trev? I think you
3: know? so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope
4: Adelaide go two up front again though. Front. And how, how many games is it since Adelaide have beaten Melbourne? It's about seven, seven or eight. Seven eight, eight yeah. yeah, I think Melbourne will will beat them. It's not just beaten I think Melbourne
2: won Yeah yeah.
3: Yeah. The
2: Saturday late game North Queensland Fury Against uh, Perth Glory Now Draw What are you going to say Trev (laughs) Draw
3: Draw. Definitely a draw (laughs) Perth don't travel well away Nope And Fury love a draw Especially at home They haven't won at home yet Have they
4: I'm going to go for them To break their duck I think they're going to win I think Fowler's going to score Certainly not going to be Anyone else Tallow's back um, you said he was the key, wouldn't you? And, yeah, and they, I think he is. They are a noticeably better team. And what, what was quite interesting was I was at, I actually watched because I was on one of the forums and with Dwight York, that story we had about Dwight York coming back this weekend, someone had put a little, posted a little montage of his time at on YouTube and I was looking at that and there was a few of his goals or his moments and then I looked back and the person supplying quite a few of the balls in was, was Talley in season one. There was a goal, especially against um, the Mariners where he finished it with a real like just cushioned sort of almost passed it into the net and the ball that was whipped in behind the defence was Talley so I think he's definitely got that ability and if he can uh, keep himself on the pitch and not get a red card then I think that'll be critical to him so I'm going to tip him to get up so Trevor,
2: as inevitable as a draw is, you, you,
4: it,
3: it's Perth's away form. Then you don't see them getting a. You don't see them getting a win. No, they've kind of dropped in and out of being convincing, haven't they? Perth and you know they're still up there and um, in that sort of tight run of teams at the top. But yeah, they've not travelled great, but they did pick up some good results last time. So did they stay
2: out east when they've got two Queensland games? I think, yeah, I I think, think, that, I think
3: that's why they generally try and play
4: these clusters of away games and then have games at home in clusters even though it's not ideal for the fans because they'll go two or three weeks without a home game Mm. for them for their logistics and cost and uh, you know like the issues we talked about with travelling they tend to try and lump their away games together stay out there yeah.
2: would like to see the uh, minibar bill from the, <laughs> the whole team staying out there well it wouldn't be as bad as Brisbane Raw, but that's another matter um, Sunday Wellington Phoenix Gold Coast United
3: oh. they're not going to tackle Smeltz. <laughs> they? Yeah, yeah I, I don't think they'll tackle shame will they
4: definitely not that not that they've got a chance that was a uh, um, I mean let's, I mean, let's be honest. Like this league is so hard to tip mm. all of these results could go completely the other way and no one would be surprised you know it's ridiculous
2: how do they match up though you, I mean if you're looking on form it's going to be Gold Coast isn't it even if it's uh, in the beehive as it's called in Wellington mm. you, you'd like to think that Glory could, could knock them over. I mean, you're not particularly inspired by this, boys. If you could see this now, <laughs> listeners, you could see that the boredom of every,
4: every time I, I talk about Wellington, I look at her and I like you know I, look, I like Eiffel, and I like you know Greenacre and Daniel and that. And you think, all right, one of these days they're going to go out and whoop someone or get you know click, get a really good result. And they just keep going out and drawing. So I'd probably go draw. to take him to 75% draw
3: (laughs) yeah I think it'd be a draw as well what percentage of the population are converted to the game uh, for Wellington do you know what no disrespect to Wellington I didn't didn't bother checking if you
2: could find out for us for next week that'd be fantastic
4: (laughs) I'm a bit disappointed that our Chris seems to have dried up a bit
3: and he started off strong but yeah Goals-wise, the Saints are dried up. But. I, I think he'll come back. I'm, I'm a little, little bit concerned about the top scorer bet with Smelty on 10, mm. but um, I'm sure he'll grab a few more goals. I think you need to reconnect with him, Trev. You need to get back in touch. <laughs> Just to tell him mind I don't that. think he liked me when I met him first time. He was a little bit scared because I said, oh, well, I've had this bet on yeah. and stuff. So. It, it's like it. when you asked to <laughs> sniff his underpants.
2: So I thought that was a little <laughs> bit too far. But um, The last game, Sydney FC. <laughs> <Christmas>. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He was a stalker. I Trent. didn't say that. No, oh he didn't really. <laughs> Um, the last game
3: Sydney FC against Brisbane Raw at Sydney Football Stadium I'm going to get enthusiastic about this one come on, yeah, come on interesting. Interesting. Give, us, give us the effort um, I, I think Sydney are definitely going to win that. I think they'll bounce back they must have been disappointed with what they did you know, against Adelaide last week because it, it was pretty shameful really to, to play 10 men and barely put an effort in because you think you're going to win um, Brisbane are still up against the ropes a little bit I know Ange has uh, got his hands on them this week for the first time so there might be that new manager effect um, that's why it's shaping up as such a good game but um, I, th- I think Sydney or edge them out that and
4: enthusiastic they, yeah that's
3: yeah, yeah, a good level
4: um, yeah I'd probably agree with that I think like as I said when we were reviewing the Sydney game there was still a lot in there for them to be happy with they still moved the ball around well they still passed they didn't panic they didn't you know and eventually they got one goal and then there was only a, really going to be one side in it Um but they just couldn't get that second goal with the six or seven minutes they had left. So I think, I think if you're Levitsky you'd probably say, look, it was a blip. You know, often teams are going out of 10 men raise a bit. Unfortunately, teams are getting a new coach raise a bit, as Trev said. Um, but I just think he needs to just say, look, same again. Just need to work on just a little bit more in terms of outside the box, taking a bit of responsibility. I think that they are, and I'm not certainly not comparing Sydney FC to Arsenal from a quality perspective. But they do seem to fall into that trap a bit of, of potentially playing the ball around a little bit too much in the final third when sometimes you just want someone to put their foot through it and have a crack. You know, and they've got players that can do that. So I'd, I'd just like to see them back themselves a bit more and um, have a few more shots from distance.
3: Hmm.
2: That's great stuff, lads. That was a round 12 preview, and that was the 442 Insider podcast. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Simon for uh, producing the show. Don't forget that you can listen to us on the interpipe at au.442.com or subscribe to us on iTunes. Thanks very much for listening, and don't forget to check back in with us next week.
1: 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.